Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. Hey, welcome back everybody to Mavericks and Misfits. Thanks for tuning in today. I've got a word that I feel like is from the Lord for maybe all of us, but if not all of us, then definitely um, many among us in the kingdom. And I'm going to bring you that in just a minute. Let me let me give a couple of, uh, I don't know, what do you want to call them, housekeeping issues or maybe some administrative notes real quick because this podcast, Mavericks and Misfits, is so new and it's coming under the umbrella of Transforming Truth, a ministry that I established back in 2007, which primarily disseminates um, gospel teaching, gospel preaching, gospel writing uh, through different forms of media. Um, We've been doing that since 2007 in my home state of Georgia here in the United States. And um, we began on local television, and of course, that was prior to the explosion of media and social media on the internet. And so we're kind of everywhere now, and we like it that way. I'm I'm a big proponent of saturating uh, wherever we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of his word, the message of the, the church before the second coming. I live my personal life and try to stay constantly aware of the second coming, the return of the king to planet earth to establish his kingdom. If I ever lose sight of that, my life will drift. It's just the tendency of all of us. If we forget that he's coming again to establish an everlasting kingdom on earth, our lives tend to drift into the world of the temporary and the world of things that quite frankly don't matter and not don't matter as far as eternity is concerned. And so I try to keep my mind set on that. And I don't mention it, haven't in the first few uh, episodes of Mavericks and Misfits, but if you want to know more uh, about who, who I am, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, check out transformingtruth.org. Go to our media ministry, transformingtruth.org. And that's kind of the umbrella ministry for all of the um, you know communication that I do. My book is there. I wrote a book in uh, 2019, published it in early 2020, called Figuring It Out As I Go. And you can find more about that book right there on the website. You can pick up a copy of it there off the website if you want. You could also get it on Amazon or audible.com or wherever books are sold. But uh, the point being is that's a book that really highlights how I went from being an abandoned child to a rebellious teenager, got radically saved, and then immediately became an overly religious person, a legalist. And then God delivered me from that legalism. And then I had an amazing, stunning encounter with the Holy Spirit. And um, just a few months after I became the senior pastor of a denominational church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the whole book is called Figuring It Out As I Go. And that's kind of been the way the Lord has led me. And I'd love for you to get a copy of that. There's also another book on the website called Igniting Revival Fires. I helped. I wrote a chapter in that among uh, 60 or 70 other uh, authors and Christian leaders in America. You'd recognize a lot of their names. And I got to write a chapter in that. You can get that off the website. Also write a blog there on the website. I try to do it about once a week, sometimes once every two weeks in a busy season. But I just believe in communicating. You know, we it's the truth that sets us free. But the truth that is believed is actually the truth that sets us free. 
Uh, truth has always existed, but if it's not proclaimed, then people can't believe it. And if they don't believe it, then they'll never get free. And so that's my calling. My calling is to communicate truth, to love people, to lead people, to constantly point you back to uh, Jesus Christ and his lordship and his love. And ultimately, um, I would say I carry the spirit of, of, of liberty. My, one of my greatest values, if not the greatest, is that I want people to be free. And therefore, what I do is I try to tell the truth, but I don't manipulate you into believing it. I don't guilt you into believing it, nor do I make you false promises of what will happen if you just believe what I believe or do what I do or say what I say. Um, I just love the fact that God releases truth, speaks to us, and then allows us to make the decision. You know, we get to choose the degree to which we believe God. Um, he doesn't cram it down your spiritual throat. He doesn't force you to believe. He can humble you. He can break you. He can bend you. He can make things really difficult if we choose not to believe. And he also invites us with his goodness and his blessing. But ultimately, God Almighty lets you and I decide how much we want to believe and how much we want to experience of him. I woke up today and I'll be honest with you, I'm experiencing as much of God as I want to. And I press in for as much of God as I want to. And so um, while I believe so strongly in the sovereignty of God, and I believe that the kingdom of God's atmosphere is through grace, that never has allowed me to believe that it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what disciplines I take on. It doesn't matter what I say no to or what I say yes to. I've never believed that. I believe that grace empowers you to follow God as God leads. I don't think grace enables you to do what God wants you to do without your participation. And so as you listen to these podcast episodes, I really want you to hear constantly that I'm inviting you, the listener, to go into a place where you decide what you're going to do, not what your spouse decides or your parents decide or your children decide or your spiritual leaders or your mentors decide. What are you deciding about what you're going to do with the Lord? Because ultimately, Galatians 5.1 tells me that Jesus Christ, it was for freedom that Christ set me free. Same with you. He wants you to be free, and free is not doing whatever you want. Freedom, truly, is being empowered to do what you should do. Now, having said all of that, if you visit transformingtruth.org, you're going to find tons of resources there to help you, some of them going back years and years but ultimately, what I'm hoping that you'll hear is the fresh voice of God speaking to you right now. And that's why today's podcast, I think, is a fresh word. I think that I want to give a word for those of you that are weary, those of you that are so committed to living for the glory of Jesus, so hungry to taste of the goodness of God, so longing for deeper encounter and experience with the Lord and for Paul's prayer for the spirit of wisdom and revelation from Ephesians 1.17. You are longing for that. You're hungering for that. You've gone low. You've humbled yourself. You're serving the Lord by serving others. You're denying your flesh. You're crucifying your flesh with the affections and the lust thereof, as the old King James verse used to say. And um, you're, you're at a place where what you're pouring out is not being counterbalanced with what you're receiving in. And so you, maybe you're on the back end or in the midst of a deeply demanding sowing season, planting season, a digging season, cultivating the field of your heart, doing the grunt work. 
getting down in the trenches and you, maybe it's a season of intense spiritual warfare where you in the midst of a generation that shrug kind of shrug off the reality that the devil's real and the devil's active and that the devil has an agenda. So many in the body of Christ just kind of shrug that off, but you've been made aware that no, the enemy's real. The demonic army has not gone on leave, but the demonic army is actually ratcheting things up. And so you're an intercessor. Maybe you're a prayer warrior. Maybe you're engaged in some form of deliverance ministry. It could be that you're teaching to refute the error that has found the church in these last days. And it could be that it's something that maybe is not ministry related in the sense of of vocational church ministry, but maybe you're a, a family member who is going to war on behalf of your family and your family doesn't see what you see. Their eyes have not been opened or they haven't opened their eyes, or maybe they're not tender in their heart to hear. Why am I given all these potential scenarios? Because listen, to follow Jesus Christ is not, you know, skipping through a park, going from snow, coast, snow cone stand to, to snow cone stand. It's, it's not a picnic. It's not a campground. It's not a playground. You've heard it said that it's none of those things. It's a battleground. And for those that are battling, it can get weary. That's why we're commanded in Scripture to not be weary in well-doing. But in due season, at the proper time, we will receive the harvest if we don't quit. You know, we're told that in various ways in Scripture because quitting and giving up and discouragement, oh my goodness. Sometimes even when we don't give up and quit, but we operate under that that tarp, that smothering tarp of discouragement. And I want to let you know a couple of things. One, you're not a weirdo. Two, you're not a failure with whom God is disappointed because you're struggling, because you're tired, because you're weary, because you don't see a way out, because you're growing a little impatient with that constant promise and confidence and breakthroughs coming. God's not disappointed with you. He's not upset with you. But one of the reasons why we continue to go is because at the right time, God will send word and through something as simple as a podcast, maybe it's a book or a song or a sermon or, or maybe it's just the still small voice of God as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, but he, he just lets us know, hey, I'm, I've actually not led you to quit. I've actually not led you to give in to your weariness. I, I've not called you to lay down your sword at this time. I'm telling you, although you're tired, my child, um, I'm going to be able to operate even through your tiredness it, as long as it remains married to your faithfulness. Um, We can get tired. We're allowed to, but what we're not allowed to do is to become unfaithful in that weariness. And so let me give you this obscure two verses. It's not going to be a sermon. One of my commitments in Mavericks and Misfits is not to sermonize, but at the same time, my life is grounded in scripture. So I see Bible verses everywhere and they speak to us of life. And so I'm not going to avoid the Bible, but I just want to be conversational with it in this, in this podcast. And in, in 2 Samuel 23, and it's talking about David and all of these people who comprised David's rebuilding army when David had been on the run from Saul, um, these mighty men of David are listed. And what's funny is you study their lives, they're, they're kind of wild in some ways, but these are just average kind of blue collar grunts that David was surrounded by, but they're loyal to their king. And there's this, there's this particular individual whose name is um, Eleazar. And the Bible says that 
Um, Eleazar was the son of Dodo. What a terrible name for, for your dad. I'm the son of Dodo. And who was the son of Ahoi. And he, uh, Eleazar was with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle while the men of Israel withdrew. Again, it's 2 Samuel 23, verse 9. So here's the scene. There's this guy named Eleazar, and he is sticking by his king's side. He is with King David. He's refusing to leave the side of King David. And David and Eleazar, in some level, are defying the Philistines. They're saying no to the enemy. The Philistines were the relentless enemies of David and of ancient Israel, and they constantly were were moving in extremes against Israel. Sometimes it was just that they were raiding the villages and stealing stuff. Other times it was all out war. And so this is a season where the Philistines were trying to gain territory that belonged to the covenant people. So the enemy was trying to steal what belonged to the people of God, and the Bible says that the men of Israel withdrew. Now, mark that down. So you that are weary and struggling, and it's tempting sometimes to think, man, why is everybody else walking away from the fight when I'm trying to rush into the fight? Why, is, why are other people not seeing the intensity of the battle like I see the intensity of the battle? Why, why isn't somebody else stepping up? That's all, those, those are things that weariness speaks to us. We start getting our eyes off of the king and we start looking at what other people aren't doing or the other stuff that they are doing that they shouldn't be doing. But Eleazar, it says this, he said he was, it says he was with David and they defied the Philistines who were gathered there to battle. And that was when other men in Israel withdrew. Other people said, I don't want to fight this fight. I don't want to go up against the, uh, the Philistines again. I don't, I don't want to go in yet another battle, but not Eleazar. Eleazar said, if my king is going to be in a battle, then I'm going to be in a battle. If David is stepping up to, to oppose the enemy and defend our territory, then I'm going to step up and oppose the enemy and defend my territory. If David wants to crush the head of the serpent, then I'm going to crush the head of the serpent with him. Wherever my king is, that's where I'm going to be. And man, is that not the heart of the true children of God? That's what we always want. We always want to be where, not King David, but King Jesus is. We want to be engaged in what King Jesus engages in. And there are different battles appointed for different seasons. And one of the calls on our life is to discern the right battles, to find out where the Lord is inviting you to fight with him, to stop the enemy, to crush the enemy, or to reclaim surrendered ground from the enemy. And that sounds thrilling, but let me tell you, sometimes those battles aren't won overnight. And so some of you are in the midst of a very prolonged season of battle, and it is wearing you down. And what wears you down even more is when you see other people walking away from that battle, people that should be engaged in that battle, people that should be swinging the sword against the enemy with you. And they walk away and you're wondering to yourself, am I fighting the wrong battle? And then you realize, no, the king is here. This is where Jesus assigned me. This is what the Lord has called me to. I've I've got to keep fighting, but Lord, help me because I'm weary. And that's actually what the other verse says in 2 Samuel 23, verse 9 that I already read, you know, introduces us to Eleazar. But verse number 10 says this, as you know, and the other men of Israel withdrew, but Eleazar rose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clung to the sword and the Lord brought about a great victory that day and the men returned after 
Eleazar only to strip those who had been slain. All right, so let me just give you the breakdown of the second verse. So Eleazar and David were fighting alone. Eleazar was fighting for the glory of the kingdom. Eleazar was fighting in the reality where other people have walked away from this very important battle against the Philistines. But Eleazar just kept doing it. But notice that he rose up and he struck down the Philistines. So he was kicking tail. He was whipping the Philistines. He was winning the fight. But he was doing it solo. It said he was beating the Philistines until his hand was weary. Now, it's talking about physical combat there. It's talking about that he was literally killing the enemy soldier and they just keep coming and they keep coming. Isn't that amazing? I mean, sometimes we think, okay, we, we, we crushed a demon. We gained some territory. We won a battle. We delivered somebody. We helped somebody. We, we, you know, we, we did what the Lord had called us to do. And before we have time to catch our breath, there's round two and then round three and round four and round five because the enemy is relentless. He never stops. And in the physical realm, that's what Eleazar was finding out, that, man, these Philistines are more committed than my own fellow soldiers. My fellow Israelites left the battle, but these Philistines, even though I am beating them, they just keep coming. And the Bible says his hand got weary. And listen, when your hands get wearied in physical combat, when it's hand-to-hand and sword against sword, um, you're in trouble. And It's this amazing statement there in verse 10. It said, but his hand clung to the sword. That's all he could do. He could just barely hold on to his sword. And as he held on to it, he was swinging it. He clung to his only weapon. He wasn't impressive. He didn't feel invigorated. It wasn't, you know, they're not writing songs about Eleazar. All Eleazar is doing is barely making it, but he's making it. And it's just not flashy. It's not flamboyant. It's not impressive. It's not Instagram worthy. Nobody's making a TikTok video. Nobody's tweeting about it or putting it on social media. He's not looking all jacked up and cool. He's looking like a mess, but he's winning. Why? Because he refused to turn loose of his sword. Now, without going too far down this road, you know as well as I do, or if if you're new to the kingdom or new to your Bible, you may not know this, but the sword is often indicative or representative. It's symbolic of God's word, God's truth. And so Eleazar was fighting in the physical, holding on to the sword, and it speaks to you and me right now. If you're weary, you're tired, if the battle's gone long, you just need to keep clinging to the truth of God. You need to keep resting in the truth of God. You need to keep sticking to what he has said. Despise not prophecy, but hold to that which is good. And don't despise the promises of God and don't question the promises of God and don't doubt the words that have been spoken over you. And listen, you may be in the thick of the battle and maybe those promises aren't coming um, to fruition as you battle, but maybe they come through the battle. Maybe they come at the end of the battle. And that's why we're told so many times, don't grow weary in well-doing. You're going to reap if you don't faint, if you don't quit. Don't give up. Listen, God's not done writing your story. You may be in a difficult chapter, but the book is going to go on beyond the difficult chapter. And what he's writing over your life and what he's ordained for your life and what he's destined you for is not to be some pathetic, sad ending. My friend, listen, let me just be bold with you here and take you all the way to the end of the story. You're going to be standing with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Bible says you're going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. The Bible says you're going to be rewarded. 
The Bible says that everything that was done in secret will be brought out in the open. Hebrews 6.10 says that the Lord is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love that you've showed towards his name and that you minister to the saints and continue to minister. And so the Lord doesn't forget. The Lord does delay. And can I be bold? You and I just need to get over it. Get over the fact that you're, you, you may not be a reward season for you. Don't believe all the hype that says every day is supposed to be reward, reward, reward. As a matter of fact, a lot of the reward, the vast majority of your reward and my reward is not going to be experienced in this lifetime. It's actually deferred. It's actually being stored up in heaven for you. Jesus said that. He said, don't store up treasure on earth. Don't expect everything now. But recognize that a lot of it is deferred and it awaits you when you cross over and the final victory is won. And so the, the story of Eleazar just motivates me because the Bible says that he just clung to his sword and the Lord brought about a great victory that day. It was a one day battle. It had a beginning and an end. Eleazar wanted to quit. He got tired. He got weary, but he just didn't quit. He just clung to his sword. And let me just tell you, you're not going to quit either. I speak that in the name of Jesus over you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are not going to quit, child of God. You're not going to give up. You're not going to give in to the spirit of fear. You're not going to listen to the lie of the enemy. You're not going to listen to the accusation or the, the doubt casting that the enemy does or that your flesh does. It says, maybe you missed the will of God. Maybe, maybe God's not with you anymore. No, friend, let me tell you something. Don't doubt in the dark what you were certain of in the light. And so don't start doubting because the battle's gotten heavy and it's gotten hard and there's a delay and you're fighting alone and everybody else didn't show up for the battle. Get your eyes on the king who's standing with you, the one who gave you your sword to fight with in the first place, the one who called you to the battle, the one who commissioned you and equipped you and gifted you. He's not left you. And there are seasons where he wants you and me to understand this. Sometimes he ordains certain battles to be just you and him, just you and him nobody else. And you can either get distracted that nobody else is joining you, or you can get serious and you can say, Hmm, maybe this is a season where the Lord so wants me to treasure the victory that's coming that he doesn't let me share it with anybody else. But right now it's just me, my weary hand and my refusal to give up and to quit. You know, in the end, that's faith. Sometimes, sometimes faith is the simple refusal to panic. Other times faith is the strong refusal to give up. Sometimes the most glorious faith communicates this. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning tail and running. I'm showing up for the battle one more day. And I'm going to trust that the king who called me and commissioned me and equipped me will give me the exact strength I need to hold to his truth, to hold to my sword and to defeat the enemy who thinks that they have a chance to win. The enemy is defeated. The serpent's head is crushed. Every demon will bow before the son of God and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's their destiny. Hallelujah. Your destiny and my destiny is that we've already confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Therefore, our life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then, 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 then you shall also appear with him in glory. Go read that in Colossians 3 and be encouraged, my weary friend. He's not done with you yet. Keep pressing in. We'll see you next time. God bless. To connect with Jeff, visit maverickmisfit.com where you'll find all his social media links, video resources, 
his book, Figuring It Out As I Go, and his weekly Transforming Truth blog. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.